Oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Good morning. I want to thank you for the opportunity of joining you today to talk about the most important topic for any and all Christians, and that is the topic of sanctification. That process, which is also sometimes referred to as discipleship, is the lifelong process whereby we go from just being converted to becoming more like Jesus Christ, which is God's will for you. Christ-likeness is God's goal for your life and my life, and that is a lifelong process that's never finished until we come face-to-face with Christ after the end of our earthly life. So we know that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It also is a gift of God, so that no one may boast. So we are saved as a gift from God, by placing our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, who said from the cross as his last words, it is finished, which meant paid in full. He had paid in full for all sin of all people for all time. So Jesus paid for our sin in full. And by his finished work, he has made available to us the gift of eternal life. It's a gift that we receive by faith, by placing our trust in the finished work of Jesus. And from that moment, from the moment of conversion, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and our position before God is righteous. We're righteous not because of ourselves, but because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, who we, we become declared the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's his righteousness that we're clothed with when we're born again. We're identified with him in his death, burial, and resurrection as we come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And then we come to the question, okay, God has saved us. What now shall we do with the rest of our lives? And that's really what we want to talk about today is the process of sanctification, the process of discipleship, the process of us becoming less and Christ becoming more, of us dying to ourselves and living all in for Jesus, for us becoming Christ-like. Christ-likeness is God's goal for your life and my life. Upon our receiving the gift of eternal life by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, we, we receive forgiveness of sins through Christ, and we have a new heart 
to desire the will and the ways of God, to put our lives on a track where we're following Jesus day by day. We, we become a part of God's family. We become co-heirs with Christ, and the Holy Spirit resides in us from the moment of our conversion. So now, now God wants us to spend the rest of our life becoming more like Jesus, to live godly lives in Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So how, how do we effectively combat the deeply ingrained sin in our lives? Of course, we're starting with the fact that, that the person we're speaking of would have been born again. Being born again means that they're now in Christ, and we have this promise from God's word, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of of reconciliation. The last part was verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 5. Sanctification is from God, and it's our proper response to all that God has done and is doing for us. In Romans chapter 11, verse 36, we read regarding God, speaking of God, he says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever Amen. In other words, everything in life is coming to us from God through Jesus Christ. And so as he says that, and he says amen, that, that all things are from him, through him, and to him, and to him be glory forever, he immediately said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In other words, because everything is from God and through God and to God, then, then we should give ourselves over to God, offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, uh, turning our lives over to God. And then he says in verse 2 of Romans 12, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has not just saved us. He has given and is giving us everything that we have. All of our lives are from him. Everything, the breath in our, our lungs, the beat of our heart, Everything from God, a gift from God. How can we not offer ourselves back to him? How can we not put ourselves in his hands and say, Lord, here we are. Our, our life is in your hands. We give ourselves to you. God wants to shape us, reshape us, and mold us into the image of his son. This is the process of sanctification that goes on for the rest of our lives. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. He says that you abstain from sexual immorality, that we abstain from all sin, 
that that we move forward as those seeking the heart of God and not the ways of the world. We are not saying here that anyone will never sin. We know from 1 John 1, verses 7 through 9, that he says, if we confess our sin, he will forgive us. If we claim, not, not if we are without sin, but if we claim to be without sin, we're a liar and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God has not called us to live impure lives, but, but to live in holiness. Uh, that's, that's in 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. And again, we're not going to live perfect lives, but it, it is a process of getting up every day and aiming our lives for Jesus. God has given us uh, spiritual disciplines to help us in the process of becoming more Christ-like. The first one of those that, that I want to mention is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because we must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek after him. How can we follow God if we don't have faith in him? We are saved by faith, by placing our trust, our faith, our belief, not to know something about Jesus, but to put our faith in Jesus and who he is and what he has accomplished and is accomplishing. And so faith is the doorway uh, and the means by which we receive the gift of eternal life. And our faith is, is trusting in God, trusting in the Lord with all our heart, not leaning on our way of thinking, but in all our ways, in our thinking, our speaking, our doing, in our resources, in all of our choices in life, trusting God rather than ourselves. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your way of thinking. The, the second discipline that I want to mention is the Word of God. And we need to know that it is just that. It is the Word of God, not the Word of man. The, the proof to substantiate the original writings is overwhelming, far more than any, any written record of any other ancient documents, the, the documents that back up the scriptures uh, far exceed, far, far exceed uh, the documents that back up any other ancient writings, which are routinely accepted. And, and if you're a Christian and if you've spent time in the words, you know yourself just from reading it, that it can't be the word of man. It is the word of God because it is truly living and active, just like the scripture says uh, in Second Timothy 3.16, it says, for all Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness that the people of God may be equipped for every good work. This is what the Word of God is, and as we read it, that's obvious to us. The Word of God is living and active, meaning that it's not something God said a long time ago and now he has been quiet. It is God speaking to us today. When you pick up the Bible and begin to read, this is God speaking to us. And what he's 
primarily telling us is that he is God and he is holy, and he's called us into a relationship because he loves us and he wants to have that relationship. That's why he created us, and that relationship is only through the Lord Jesus Christ, as we said earlier, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. The next spiritual discipline that I'd like to mention is prayer. And and please, if you if you miss almost everything else I say, don't miss this. Prayer is the centerpiece of the Christian's walk, daily walk, and the process of sanctification. Because when we pray, the simple prayer, Lord, help me, we're acknowledging that God is God, that he's over all, that he's all-powerful, that he knows all things, he's in charge of all things, he, he's the same always yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, he's perfect in every way, loving and gracious, and, and we're acknowledging that's who God is and that he doesn't need us and we desperately need him. And what we need him for is not to try to talk him into get doing in heaven or doing on earth what we want, but that we might become who he wants us to be. It's, it's really about, I mean, we do pray for specific things and we do intercede or pray on behalf of other people and we are praying very specific prayers. But the, the process of praying is a process of us dying to ourselves and growing in our trust for God. It's the process where we say, God, you know, and, and you're in control and we're looking to you. The next discipline is, is practicing the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, when we're born again, he comes to live in us, and, and we're guided by him from that point forward. The next discipline is love. Uh, God is all about love. He so loved you that he gave his son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life, John 3.16, which we all know. God is love, and, and if we're followers of God, then we love God and we love other people, not just those that like us, but even those that may hate us or wish our, our own death. But that is what love is it it is embracing other people as people created in the image of god for whom jesus died and wanting for them the same thing we would want for ourselves to be reconciled to god to live that life in christ that is filled with peace and joy not that it's easy but that it is a joyful peaceful life trusting in the lord Unity, the, the unity is what Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17. He says, my prayer is that you would be one even as the Father and Holy Spirit and I are one. In other words, he wants us to be as unified with one another and with him as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are. This is a great and important message, and, and all of the denominationalism and all those divisions, tragically, 
have have taken away from the unity, but we are still one. There are many there are many bodies, but together we are one body, the bride of Christ. Another spiritual discipline we need to employ is is for our eyes to be on Jesus. We need to look for Jesus. We need to look to him. We need to let him be our daily guide, aiming our lives each day for Jesus, waking up and saying, you are God, we are not. We're looking to you, Jesus. Guide us today and direct us today and help us to keep our eyes on you and not turn aside to the right or the left. To The, the next thing would be discipleship, that we would go into all the, the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, uh, teaching them all that Jesus has taught us and knowing that he is with us to the end of the age. That's in Matthew chapter 28. The next discipline is to guard our hearts. If we want to have good hearts before God, then we have to guard what goes into them. We need to make sure what goes into our hearts are the things God wants in our hearts. If we spend 10 hours a week listening to or watching garbage and we spend 30 minutes in the Word of God, which one do you think is going to have the stronger hold on our lives for for that week? Obviously, it's going to be the garbage. If we put garbage in, things that aren't from God, things that are worldly, then the result is going to be that. Out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. The next discipline is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is a strong, strong name. We need to make it a regular practice daily to call on the name of the Lord. We, we can literally just say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus over and over. Giving and forgiving. Everything we have we've received from God. It's all a gift from God, and God has forgiven us of great sin, sin so great that it caused Jesus to be nailed to a cross. How can we, you and I, all of us, not likewise give of ourselves, give of the resources we have, give of our time, give of our thoughts, give of our very lives, and at the same time forgiving others just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven us? I would like to mention the discipline of an unoffendable heart. We're going to go into all these more, Lord willing, in separate messages probably for each one of these disciplines. But an unoffendable heart means that that we have a heart that's not going to take offense when others uh, offend us. We may be offended on the outside, but we're committed in our hearts not to receive those offenses, not to take up those offenses, not to feel the need to get even or to to um, overcome whatever it is that you've done to us, but to be willing to let those things go just as God in Christ has forgiven us. To have an attitude of humility, willing to serve others, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve others. We're following Jesus, so we too 
must come with that same attitude, that attitude of serving others, that attitude of dying to ourself and living all in for Jesus. And that's really the bottom line on the whole process, the whole thought process is saying, Lord, not my will, but yours. Lord, not my time. My time is your time. My resources are your resources. Receive me and use me, Lord, for whatever time I have on earth. Whatever my job is, that's my duty station from which I am all in for Jesus. Whatever my family circumstances are, that's the place from which I am all in for Jesus. So it is in every way trusting the Lord with all of our heart and not leaning on our understanding, but in all our ways acknowledging him, and he will make straight our paths, and those paths will be a path of following Jesus, of becoming more like him, that we will finally realize when we come face to face with Christ. But the rest of our lives should be an ongoing step-by-step process of sanctification where we die to ourselves and live for Jesus. Amen. God bless you.